Hey, this is Justin Adams, pastor at New Life Praise Center, and you're listening to our podcast. God bless you. Stay encouraged. Bible, uh, turn in the book of Acts with me, and I'm going to tell you in a chapter in just a minute. I think it's Acts chapter 9. And today we're going to be, uh, we're, we're fasting. Uh, hopefully you're fasting. If you're not fasting, it's not too late to jump on board. we got seven more days of fasting. Somebody say seven more days. Come on now. How many are mad at your pastor already? Stop it, stop it, stop it. Gosh. Remember, I said fasting isn't required. No. But the truth is this. Nothing satisfies our hearts or opens our spiritual ears to the voice of God like fasting and prayer. They ain't nothing that compares to fasting and praying. Praying and getting a hold of God and God getting a hold of you. They, they sing mighty good. Doc, you, you killed that song. And Pastor Holly, you killed that song. And, you know, Charlie killed that song. The, your, your bass playing is phenomenal. The drums, everybody did great. But that, that, that doesn't even compare to the personal time, the personal discipline and self-devotion that you can get through prayer and fasting. I love to worship through song and dance and lifting my hand. I love it. I mean, y'all see me. I love it. But there ain't nothing that satisfies your heart or opens your mind and your spiritual ears to the voice of God like that. Church, we are living in a challenging and changing world. And I believe God's people need to hear His voice now more than ever before. Remember, I told you that this fast was almost not participated. We, we almost didn't do it. I almost didn't call for a fast. And then God told me that this fast is the most important one that you'll ever do. And, we're, and, and we need to hear God's voice. And, and God has more for you. And you'll hear it through prayer and fasting. He has more for you to do and more to do through you. And you'll hear it through prayer and fasting. So you're on day three, getting ready to finish day three, and I pray that the fast has been refreshing to you. I prayed for you this week several times that, I, that, I, that this fast is, is something more than just dismissing food. That I hope this fast is more than just not eating, not just missing a few meals, but this fast is something that is like a spiritual walk. It's increasing your need for God. That, it, that, that you understand what more. I think when you're fasting and praying, you understand what Jesus said even more when he said, man shall not live by bread alone. <laughs> Come on. Right? When you're fasting, you understand that. Now, if, if you're doing it and, and you're committed to it, you understand that when, when, when hunger strikes or when your mind starts getting weak or when your body starts getting weaker or when you're tempted to give in, you, you, you really have a choice. You can either eat or drink that or, or whatever your, 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 your temptation is or whatever your desire is. Or you can fall to your knees and understand, God, I ain't living by bread alone, but I, I live by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. God, you fill me. You satisfy me better than anything that I've ever had. We don't simply eat food to survive, but we survive by and through Jesus. Because without Jesus, I'm truly hungry. I'm truly at want. 
and at need of something. And so you fasted and prayed for about three consecutive days. I want to remind you that the church is open every evening from 6 to 7 p.m. for prayer. The first night, we had probably 30 or 40 people. The second night, we had 40 or 50 people come through here. Man, tomorrow night, it's open. Come, I'm here. If you want to pray with me, I'll pray with you, whatever you want to do. But come and be a part of that. You've faced hunger pains by now. Somebody say amen. amen. You've probably faced somebody eating in front of you by now. My son is fasting. He's 13. I'm very proud of him. I'm very proud of him. He's, he's 13 and he's daylight fasting. It means he gets up earlier than he has to and he eats some breakfast. He goes all day long and don't eat nothing. And then when he when dark out, him and his sister are waiting in the McDonald's drive line. And just, you know, she'll pick him up from school and they won't even come home. So today he comes in and I've been here since, uh, I don't know, t- noon today. And, and uh, he walked in my office and he said, Dad, I have never been offered so much food in my life than I have today. <laughs> I was like, what did, I, what did your friends try to tease you because they knew you were fasting? He's like, no, nobody even knows, Dad. He said, we did a science project with M&M's today. <laughs> he said, are you kidding me? I said, the devil's a lie, baby. The devil is a lie. <laughs> so proud of him, though. I didn't fast when I was 13. You know, I didn't even know what it was. Nobody ever taught me. So not only have you faced people eating in front of you, some of you had some success. If you've had some success, make some noise real quick. Good. Good. All right, now, now, don't, now I want you to, the reason I'm going to ask you to do this now is because I want other people to see, but how many have had some failures make some noise? You're not alone. You're not alone. That's what I'm, you're not alone in it, right? How many have had a headache? Gosh. It's real stuff, a bunch of addicts. <laughs> Hold on, I got more questions. How many have been moody? I got up last night and slept on the couch. Voluntarily, because ain't nobody kicking me out of my own bed. Don't let you know about that. As I was on the couch because you know I just couldn't sleep and didn't want to wake her up, so I went on the couch about three o'clock. Well, four forty-five, my wife is in the kitchen making her breakfast, a smoothie in the kitchen. I go, baby, what are you doing? She don't start with me. I'm gonna tell it my version. You hush. I hope this fast has turned into a spiritual walk that has increased your spiritual desires, though. I hope it's increased your prayer time. It's increased and furthered your relationship with Jesus. And I pray that, that God will open doors for you through this fast. The doors that you've been wanting to open. I pray that the doors open for you. And I pray God closes the ones that you don't need to walk through. I pray that you receive favor because of this fast. I, I pray that you receive a material blessing because of this fast. 
There's nothing wrong with that. However, all those things that we get from fasting are just a byproduct of the fast. The genuine result of a fast is to draw closer to God. Fasting allows us to be in His presence closer, to thrive in His presence, and to accomplish the supernatural. We have to wonder, at least I do, why blessings aren't being released sometimes, though. Why answers to our prayers are not being realized. Why are bondages not being broken? Why do so many people go back to the things they were once forgiven of? Is it because we fail to fast? No, I mean, we fast every, every year. Jesus fasted because he knew there were supernatural things that could only be released that way. How much more should fasting be common practice in our life, right? Jesus accomplished all of his miracles through prayer and fasting. He knew the key to a miracle was fasting. He knew the key to to fulfilling his purpose was fasting. He knew the key to favor was fasting, to healings, restoration. He knew the answer was fasting. So is it because we fail to fast that we're not seeing the miracles that the original church did? If you want to see a move of God in your life and you haven't seen one, you need to fast about it. I am like this close to making a requirement for you to seek counseling, free counseling here at this church. You must fast seven days before you ask for it. Because a week fasting with God can do more than a a session with me or Claire or Amy or Tiffany at any time. If you want to see your marriage change, your job increase, your career be made, your spouse, fasting is the key to unlocking those answers. This week you fought typical foes, the world, the devil, temptations, and because you fasted, you've added another one, you. You fighting yourself because fasting is an exercise in self-control and self-discipline. Many of the sin that we commit is because we have the lack of self-control and the lack of self-discipline. So if we fast, we get better at self-control and self-discipline. Therefore, our sin life should lessen because we learn to control our bodies, our wants, our desires, our fleshly lusts and needs and temptations. Those that can successfully fast will have a great fast or that will have great self-control. If you can successfully fast, you have great self-control. Most of the sin that we commit comes because we cannot control ourselves. Self-control is why we take pleasure in something we know is not correct, right? The lack of it. It's the root of adultery. Think about it. We, We can't control ourselves. It's the root of lust. We can't control ourselves. It's the self-control is the, is the cause of greed, the lack of it. If you know it's not right, I know it's a sin. I know it's displeasing to God, but I just got to. Regaining and helping our self-control is another powerful result of fasting. How would you like to be able to say no to the devil even better than you do now? Right? Think about that for just a minute. How would you like to be able to say no to yourself 
even better than you are right now. When the world comes with its temptations, how powerful would you be if you just committed to this fast? Think about it. Fasting is giving up something that is totally okay, that you know is not going to hurt you. How much stronger would you be when something you know is wrong, you're able to say no to? Because fasting conditions our minds and our bodies and our attitudes to a better self-control. And here it is. I like this. This is where I'm going to get to, and I want to preach right here for just a minute. The power of fasting and prayer puts you into a best possible position for a breakthrough. When you are fasting and praying, it puts you in the best position for a breakthrough in your life. That breakthrough might be in the realm of spirit, it might be in emotions or personal habits, it, it might be in a very practical area of life such as relationship or finances. But whatever you're fasting for, whatever realm of life that you need a breakthrough in, you're only going to get there and you're going to be in a better position to get the breakthrough if you're fasting and praying. Somebody say amen. amen. And so what I've seen in the repeatedly through the years, not only in scripture but in countless personal stories, fasting provides an avenue to a breakthrough. In Acts chapter 9, you find a young man by the name of Saul. And Saul is traveling down a road called, he's traveling down a road to a city called Damascus. And at this time in Saul's life, he's the enemy to Christians. He is the epitome of the enemy of a fleshly enemy of Christians. The Bible even says that he's breathing threatenings. He's chasing, he's torturing, he's even submitting the, or allowing the death of people. He's a horrible person because you believe in Jesus. If you say that, you're getting locked up, thrown in jail, you might get beaten, you might get tortured, you might even get death. And he's putting people in jail and he's on this road to go do more damage to the Christians, the new Christians, the first Christians. And next chapter 9, I want to pick it up at verse 3. Paul says, he came uh, he, and he journeyed and he came near to Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. He fell off his horse, he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now instantly he asked verse 5, who are you Lord? And he calls him Lord, who are you God? And then the Lord said, I am Jesus. I'm the one you're persecuting. I like when Jesus said, I am the one you're persecuting. He didn't say, you're persecuting my people. He didn't say, you're persecuting the ones that believe in me. He said, you're persecuting me, which only solidifies that we are in Christ Jesus. When we ask him to come into our life, we are in him. And he says, why are you persecuting me? And so Paul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. And so the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but didn't see anyone. And Saul rose from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he saw no one. But they led him by hand and brought him into Damascus. So what does that mean? He couldn't see no one. They led him. It means he was blinded. Blinded by the light of Jesus. 
And here's verse 9. And he was three days without sight, and he was three days fasting. Now get this for just a minute. He went from the worst possible sinner to an encounter with Jesus, not a religion, but an encounter. He, he didn't go to Bible study. He immediately had an encounter with Jesus. He went from sinner to encounter to fasting. That quick. That quick. Now watch this. Watch what, watch what happens. I love this. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And, and to him Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So Lord comes to Ananias. And Ananias says, what's up, God? And God says, I need you to do something. And so he said, I need you to go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. And behold, he is there Praying. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Look at it. He went from sinner to encounter to fasting and praying. All within three days. He was setting himself up for a breakthrough. Watch this. And in a vision, so Paul's praying and God gives him a vision. Get this for just a minute. He goes from sinner to encounter to fasting to praying to getting a vision from God I mean he's just climbing the spiritual levels if you ask me like and so he gives him a vision and putting his hand on him so he might receive his sight and then I want to skip to verse 15 and the Lord told Ananias he said go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name. Now, I love this part. To the Gentiles, that's everybody that's not Jewish. Then he wants to go to the kings. That's everyone that has authority in government. And then he's going to even tell the children of Israel. God did not leave out anybody that Paul would minister to. He went from sinner to encounter to praying, to fasting, to vision, to vessel. If you want to be used by God, if you want more of a breakthrough, if you want God to do something amazing in your life, if you want your marriage, your finances, your, your home, your children, your loved ones, if you want a breakthrough in your life, you better get down on your knees and go from sinner to praying to fasting to vision to vessel. And God will only do it. You can't skip these. You can't skip them. The story would have been totally different if he didn't fast for those three days. The story would have changed so much. Ananias, even in verse, I think it's 13 or 14, he said, Lord, he's a murderer. I'm scared to go to him. He's awful. He's the worst of the worst. And Jesus says, no, you ought to go to him because he's a vessel of mine. Listen, it don't matter who you used to be. It don't matter where you came from. It don't matter what's going on in your life. When God chooses you, God puts you somewhere. Ain't nobody can do nothing about it.
Fasting says God can change what he wants. If he can change Paul, he can change what he wants. Fasting says I can breathe something new into you. What wasn't a reality suddenly is. What wasn't going to be used for God suddenly can be. What wasn't used for God, for some reason I just felt that in my spirit. What wasn't going to be used for God suddenly can be when you commit to fasting. It'll change your life. What hadn't worked out suddenly will. What, what wasn't going in your favor suddenly will. That relationship that was unloving, it'll suddenly become loving. The job that hadn't materialized suddenly did. Because there's power in fasting. I am wholeheartedly convinced that fasting put our church in this building. I believe it with all of my heart. And so I want to tell you a story about it. I met with the pastor that was selling this building. And as soon as I walked in, I knew I wanted it. And I like, yeah, I want it. I want this one. He said, you need the board's approval? I said, they're going to want it too. <laughs> he said, you need to ask the church? I said, they're going to want it too. <laughs> but we're going to ask them, but yeah. And he said, well, you know, we're going to build our new campus. And instantly my cloud nine went to like one. Because I thought, well, that's 16 months, two years down the road. That's fine, man. I appreciate you thinking of us. If it's still available or I'm still looking in two years, call me. About two weeks later. Now, we fasted in January. We fasted for things that hadn't materialized to materialize. Things that hadn't been working to work. And I seen him about two weeks later at a ball game. And uh, he said, y'all seriously about that building? I said, yeah. He said, well, we can be out in about 45 days. I said, do what now? He said, we have a building that we want to rent out while we build our new one, and you can buy this one. And so I said, that's a game changer right there. But that's what fasting does. It changes the game on you. Fasting is the game changer. Fasting will, will let Pharaoh release God's people. You know, fa fasting will, will, will supply every need that you need. When you, when you ain't got it and Jesus says, let, just come to me in fasting and prayer. And I can make it happen. For, I believe it with all of my heart. That's why we do it every year. There's power in fasting. The, the very simple and direct conclusion that I can draw from fasting is this. Is that if the Bible teaches us to do something, then I want to do it. That, that's the plain and simple. I've had people come to me, and, and this is, our, I think, our fourth series. Is it four, Christian? I think this is part four of our fasting series. And I've got Christians that have been Christians for 30 and 40 years saying, I have never heard anybody teach on fasting. And I preach four sermons on it. And got more to do if I wanted to. 
I want to obey the Lord in every way that he commands me to obey him. And in the New Testament, Jesus said, when you pray, when you give, and when you fast. The second conclusion is this. If fasting and praying means that, that there's a breakthrough that God has for me, then I want to undertake those disciplines that I might experience that breakthrough. I am wholeheartedly convinced Christians are not experiencing breakthroughs because they're not fasting. Maybe not this church, and maybe not you, but Christians in whole, in general. A lot of Christians are not fasting on a regular basis. And so I want to undertake that. I think fasting took us from 6,000 square feet to 36,000. I think fasting took me from a preacher to a pastor. And there is a big difference. Fasting took my wife and I from a mistake to a blessing. Fasting took my flesh and made it subjective to God. Fasting took my home and turned it into something extraordinary that I love coming home to. The, the problem with fasting, and I'm about to close. Charles, come play for me. The problem with fasting is this. We don't see instant results. And, you know, we are microwave kind of generation. And we want it now. Them J.G. Wentworth Christians. Some of y'all singing it right now in your head. But we don't get it right then, and so we don't think it works. When we don't have something right then, we think, well, God, it didn't work. But sometimes you not getting your answer is not a no, it's just a delay. And sometimes God's answer is no because he has something better. And sometimes God says, I want to see your level of commitment. And you don't think that's true? Look at Isaiah chapter 58. They fasted, and God wasn't answering their prayers because they had a wrong motive. Their level of commitment wasn't there. We may preach that Sunday. Y'all act like you ain't heard it when I preach it Sunday. But sometimes we got to wait on the Lord. That's what he said, wait on the Lord, and he'll renew your strength. Wait on the Lord, and you'll run, not grow weary. You'll walk and not... But we got to wait on the Lord. If we ain't running by the time February comes, we think our fast didn't work. He said, wait on the Lord. Those that wait on the Lord. I hope you've learned this several weeks last couple of weeks that I've taught on fasting most of these were brand new messages I never preached on Paul I never preached on Jehoshaphat last week I never preached on him before and so it was good for me to, to, to fast this, this year got seven more days if you, if you haven't started then start tomorrow with us try it try it so, Pastor, what, what kind of fasting are we doing? So, I'll tell you. Most people in here are doing what we call a Daniel fast. It's nothing but fruits and vegetables and water. That's pretty much it. 
what about this? Fruits, vegetable, and water. People have been texting me all week, can I have this, can I have that? And I'll reply, fruits, vegetable, and water. <laughs> Who was it? I'm going to tell them. Amber sent me a protein drink. Where's she at? I don't even know where she at. Can I have this? It says it's organic. Probably not right. <laughs> I love you though. I love being able to reply text like that though. I don't know too many pastors that have their cell phone number out as much as I do. So if you're not Daniel fasting, then you can do what we call a daylight fast. Anytime the sun is out, you're not eating. You can drink water if you'd like, I guess, but that's up to you and your personal conviction. Nobody's the key here is not rules and regulations. It's, it's a desire for God, and, and right? And so you can pick one of those two or you can combine them. A lot of us have combined them. There's no fruit, only fruits and vegetables in the mornings, before daylight, nothing, and then in the evenings, we eat no meat, whatever. And take your medication. If you're on medication, take your medication. Nobody's telling you to stop that. Do what's good for you, healthy. But God rewards effort. Now you can't earn, right? You can't earn things, right? I understand that. But God is a rewarder to those that diligently seek Him. And fasting is seeking Him. And effort is seeking Him. Try it. What do you got to lose? What have you got to lose? As your pastor, I find it very important to fast. I find it very important for personal fasts to happen throughout the year. I'll fast and my wife won't even know. I'll fast meals. Nobody knows. But this one is a corporate fast. Everybody's doing it together. We're declaring a fast. So I just want you to try it. Text me. Call me. Let us help you. Remember the church is open from 6 to 7 every evening. Every evening. We want to pray with you. Pray for you. We want to pray with you at your requests. Let us know. We'll pray about them. We love you and we're, we're, we're praying for you during this fast. Will you stand to your feet? Let's pray in dismissal. So as I begin to close, I want to close with this question. Do you want to grow closer to God? That's a very simple question. Do you want to grow closer to God? And the simple expected response is, yes. Well, fasting is the key. That truly is. Fasting is the key, the way to the throne. It's the way to the will and the heart of God. It's the way to a closer walk with God. I prayed and prayed and prayed and not heard a thing. I fast, I hear. I prayed and prayed and prayed and not seen answers. I fast and there's the answer. It's like a special key to a special room. But the only way you can get in it is if you have that key. And when you open the door, the throne is right there. That's what fasting is to me. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this message. I thank you for the worship that we had. I thank you for the people. I thank you for the opportunity to fast. Not the obligation, but an opportunity to fast. 
that I get to fast, that, I have, that I'm still alive, that I get to seek you, that I'm physically able to do this. Thank you, Lord. God, I ask you that you honor our fast. I ask you, Lord, for, a, a, for special grace on those that are fasting. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen.